It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota wild hockey here on thesportstuff.com. Oregon hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? Well, we are going to continue our playoff series, or series of episodes, talking about the this playoff series anyway, with the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche. Well, as I predicted on the previous show, the previous episode of Brave the Wild, the Wild would still be alive, and they would be uh, hosting Game 6 in this series, and that's exactly what's going to happen and unfortunately, very unfortunately, as I also predicted, the Avalanche would be leading three games to two, which, again, uh, does put a very dark shadow, in my opinion, cast a very dark shadow on the possibility of the Minnesota Wild winning this series. Not trying to be negative, I'm just saying. If you've been watching what's been going on in this series, there is a definite home ice advantage, <laughs> without a doubt. It is Home teams are 5-0 and in this series, and... It's not just because they're playing at home, but I'm just I'm saying Colorado is a totally different team at home than on the road. The Minnesota Wild, well, they played more disciplined at home than they did on the road. But there's also one very glaring, glaring blemish on this series, and it is all over Game 5, which will go down as one of the most messed up, effed up <laughs> games <laughs> that I've seen in quite a long time. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the referees were the extra attacker for the Colorado Avalanche in the final two minutes of Game 5. Not not, not a skater, not a sixth skater. It was the, the referees. And if you've been listening to this show or any of my other three shows, <laughs> Purple Mafia, Brave, uh, Purple Mafia, Timberwolves Explosion, Showtime T-Wolves, or of course this one over the last many, many years that I've been doing these shows, about five, five and a half in this case, six in others, like Purple Mafia, which is the oldest of my current shows that are still alive. Um, it's I'm not a homer in any way, any way, shape, or form. I used to often kind of sit and chuckle when people would boo the hell out of referees when I was a Minnesota Timberwolves season ticket holder or going to Wild Games or Viking Games or, or whatever, or just watching them. Because oftentimes the referees have a pretty good idea what's going on and they're correct. Game 5 is an absolute blemish, an absolute exception to that rule for this episode of Brave the Wild. But before we get into <laughs> before we get to that game, we've got two other games to review, games 3 and 4 in the Excel Energy Center, and we are of course going to jump into those right here and right now. Game 3. Well, a lot of us uh, a little bit worried in this one. But then again, especially after the first period because the Wild had about 900 shots on goal, and Colorado had just a couple. I wasn't worried that the Wild had a tons of shots on goal. It was great, about 22 if I remember correctly. 22-23 shots on goal in the first period. That was nice. Colorado had about mm, 6, 5 maybe. Oh, and by the way, Darcy Kemper was in net, but didn't really matter who was in net. Uh, might as well have just uh, had an empty net. Maybe the Wild might have scored. <laughs> yeah, just maybe. But yeah, that was the problem. The Wild had not scored a single goal. 22 shots on goal and no no score? Oh, Varlamov. Oh, 
Hate him. Hate him with a passion. He's a he's a hot dog, but he's a damn good goalie. That's the sucky part. You want to see that hot dog get sieved, get shelled out there. Well, the Wild did the best they could to shell him. Or at least, well, sort of. Yeah. There were some good scoring chances, but unfortunately, nobody finished. Maybe just apparently not good enough scoring chances. And that's pretty much all there is to say about this game. Because <laughs> throughout the course of this game, nobody scored. Nobody scored in the regulation periods of this game. It was just a bajillion shots on goal. Varlamov wound up with uh, 45 saves. 45 saves, the Wild had 46 shots on goal. You get the idea. Uh, Darcy Kemper faced 22 shots and made 22 saves. So Darcy Kemper, with his first playoff start, a shutout in XL Energy Center. The Minnesota Wild playing with an insane amount of energy, an insane amount of ur- urgency. This is going to be a very brief review of this game. But I, because that's pretty much all there is to say. I mean, lots of intensity, and of course, I don't want to make this a super duper long show because I want to get on to game five and get on to talking about game six and probably game seven. Hint, hint to where I'm headed there. Um, but uh, yeah, this game, lots of energy by the Wild. Could not finish Var- Varlamov. Varlamov, as I'm finally saying it correctly, even though I've <laughs> obviously been watching the games, but I just the pronunciation. I've heard it back and forth. It's Varlamov, uh, just a son of a gun. He blocks anything that's on the ice. Anything that's raised. I mean, if you want to score on this guy, you have to raise the puck off the ice. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Guess what? Guess what? Even Wes Walls mentioned that. That every puck that's just kind of sitting on the ice is easier to stop. So, yeah, even Wes Walls is saying it. He was saying it on the post-game show yesterday, Wild Live, or actually during the during the game. You know, you need to get the puck in the air, but... Yeah, we'll get to Game 5 when we get to it. That's the feature presentation of this show. Wish it was a, in a more positive light. But uh, speaking of a very positive light, a highlight real goal by a guy that is an absolute star in the making. That is <laughs> Mikhail Granlin. Wow. How could you not love Mikhail Granlin? I mean, what a spectacular goal. It has to be about as, as amazing a goal that the Wild have ever had in there. Fairly thin postseason history. Fairly thin. Of course, 2003 was a very, very, there were a lot of memories in that one, including a very familiar goal against the Colorado Avalanche in Game 7. We don't need to get to that. That's been talked about a bajillion times everywhere because it was, uh, well, it was a shining moment in a, for a franchise that hasn't had a lot of them yet. Yet. They're coming. They're coming. I got a good feeling about that, to be honest with you. But um, this was one hell of a shining moment, and the series absolutely staying alive. Mikhail Granlin absolutely unbelievable, getting uh, seven shots on goal. I mean, talk about recovering from (laughs) what is believed to be a concussion after a fairly slow start. Game one wasn't the same guy. Game two made some steps forward, but still not quite the same guy. Game three looks like he's going to be a perennial all-star in this league, ladies and gentlemen. That's my prediction on Mikhail Granlin. He will be an all-star in the NHL. That is not, that is not, I repeat not, (laughs) <laughs> homerism right there. It is, you know, just paying attention. You just have to have eyes, and you have to know what a good hockey player is from a overrated hockey player. Uh, not too many overrated hockey players on the other side of the the uh, the ice either. The other bench over there, Nathan McKinnon, shut down a bit in this one, though. He got it like that. <laughs> I, I did love that. Uh, he was reduced to three shots on a goal. That's a lot less than before, and of course did not score, and nor did anybody else. Uh, very few major attempts 
very few major attempts by by Colorado in this one. Wild defense, unbelievable puck possession, puck possession, puck possession. Absolutely the story in games three. And ultimately game four, in, in games three and four per se, yeah, ultimately game four as well. Game three, of course, was on Monday, April the 21st. So let's jump all the way to Thursday, April 24th. A nauseating three-game layoff. Ugh, so boring. I mean, I can't stand waiting that long just for one more stinking playoff game. That would have been a good time to record a show because <laughs> already got game six tomorrow, unfortunately, because things move too quickly. Hopefully you're able to listen to this show before it takes place. But hey, why not listen anyway? Because we still have to review these games regardless regardless of game six has been played or not. So you get the idea. Hopefully you're still enjoying the show. And hopefully you do still tell a friend about Brave the Wild. I mean, why not? I mean, I'm, you know, I think I, I think I do a nice product. Oh, Mikhail Granlin. What a stud. Oh, Mikhail Granlin. What an absolute stud. Jared Spurgeon was way better in this game compared to the other, the other, and he scored his second goal in this playoff series as well. Off the post, but hey, it went in. It went in. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Jared Spurgeon. Very cool. Charlie Coyle scoring again, his third goal in the playoffs, and a really nice one feed from Jason Pominville. Nice chemistry on the power play. Very cool to see Charlie Coyle on the power play. Again, his third goal of this series and his third overall in the postseason in his uh, young, very brief, but very positive, very uh, bright future that he has in the postseason and in the NHL in general, along with Mikhail Granlund. This is his first playoff experience, and uh, boy, he's gone from a guy that was a bit, uh, well, needed to clear the cobwebs the first two games, literally, and he has beyond cleared them, score, uh, excuse me, assisting on Jared Spurgeon's first goal and making incredible stops in the third period when the Colorado Avalanche had a, had a man free. Notice how, or excuse me, what am I talking about? They had the open net. The Colorado Avalanche were unable to do the open net bit in game three because, well, it had to go to overtime for that one to take place and Mikhail Granlin to do his highlight reel goal. Uh, but in this case, this game ended, ultimately ended in regulation and uh, the extra attacker, unnecessary in this one. The refs didn't help them <laughs> this time. Mikhail Granlin stopping three, that's right, three shots in the final minute. The guy, not only a phenomenal overall playmaker, he can score goals, he can make passes, but he is an incredible defensive player, stopping the puck, getting the knee pads on it three times by, obviously, elite players like O'Reilly and McKinnon and such. Uh, man, unbelievable, unbelievable uh, performance by Mikhail Granlin. How, how can you not love him? He, uh, obviously, <laughs> standing strong this week in these three games. Very, very cool win, and boy, oh boy, I haven't heard a Minnesota professional, professional team, you know, the the fan base, I haven't heard a crowd cheer as loud as they did when Mikhail Granlin stopped that last one. It almost sounded like the 91 World Series all over again. Unfortunately, this is just round one. <laughs> I really wish it was, uh, really wish it was a little bit further than that. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be great if it was just a little bit further <laughs> along in the playoffs, but hey, if you're going to get to the finals, you got to earn your way there, and uh, that's uh, these are nice memories being made along the way, provided this uh, current team could get to the finals. Hmm. Still a possibility does exist and persist, but something that may have, that really has, uh, I think, 
cast a black shadow on this series, unfortunately, was Game 5. Game 5. Colorado was back home, and Colorado was playing with energy again. Because in Game 1, it seemed like Colorado couldn't even get a shot on goal, or Game 3 and 4, they couldn't even get a shot on goal, and the Wild were playing with ridiculous energy. The good news, ultimately, the Wild did have a decent amount of energy in this game. Especially later on. I mean, early on, a little bit worrisome for myself, and I'm sure many of you listening. <laughs> and by the way, Game 4 was the highest rated uh, highest rated professional game in the history of FSN for Minnesota's teams. So, pretty cool. Very amazing. Obviously, they weren't around back in 91 uh, or anything. Now, you know, I believe MSC was around back then, but the very cool thing of note there. Getting really frustrated with this computer. The very... Very annoying. I can't even tell you how annoying it is seeing a spinning wheel. In fact, uh, <laughs> in fact, Paul, my, my buddy, Paul Caniff, often a very famous line, would, would say, what's this spinning wheel shit? That's basically what he'd say. So, pardon my language there. Getting this thing recovered now. <laughs> just thought I'd have to... I thought I'd mention that to you guys. Just thought, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny when he was trying to buy an eBay product and the thing just... <laughs> <laughs> the thing just wouldn't respond, and then he ended up losing the auction because the damn thing wouldn't load in time. Ah, oh, these old, slow, doggone laptops can really bite you in the ass at times. Um, <laughs> they can drive you absolutely nuts, but this thing is working now. Uh, Avalanche take the early lead in the second period. I guess it's kind of early. Uh, first period, a lot like, <laughs> quite a bit like game... Games 3 and 4, not quite as interesting, though, unfortunately. The Wild did get shots on goal, just not as many this time around. Not the same energy, and Colorado showing a lot of energy. Uh, Darcy Kemper had to do a little more work in this one, which made things a bit interesting along the way. Made us all very worried, and gotta love the, I'll just say this real quick, gotta love the biased, I mean, absolutely biased three stars that you see here. Gee, do you think the home crowd does this? When a team wins in overtime, should they get all three stars? Or did this game go to overtime and the other team did pretty well as well? I, I just don't understand. Nathan McKinnon, uh, Parenzio, and uh, Varlamov getting all three stars in this game. Really, guys? Come on now. But yeah, Cody McLeod take, giving the uh, Avalanche the lead midway through the second period. The Wild run the power play, and wouldn't you just know it, McLeod just exploding on a breakaway. Gets a short, gets a shorty. Great. From Ryan O'Reilly. Luckily, though, it was almost just like clockwork. Boom. The Wild scored just a minute later. Talk about urgency. Heatley feeding Spurgeon. A nice pass, by the way. And Heatley looking... That's what I... I mean, Heatley's showing his value by actually setting players up when he's on the ice now rather than trying to score goals. You know, and uh, he actually looks healthier out there, too, which is kind of cool. It's kind of surprising. But, um, yeah, Heatley and Coyle uh, teaming up later on. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Very cool. Heatley ultimately two assists in this game. How about that? Uh, Matt Molson, though, redirecting Jared Spurgeon's shot in to tie it up with only, I mean, only a minute after McLeod's goal. Very cool. Four minutes later, and then it's like, ah, here we go again. Colorado with what looked like kind of a softie, in my opinion. Nathan McKinnon with his seventh assist in this series. Are you freaking kidding me? What the hell, man? Where, where are all these points coming from for this son of a biscuit? And everybody's getting, you know, a lot of us around here are getting sick of it. It's like, okay, we're happy for you, McKinnon. 
We're really happy for you. <laughs> He's not a bad guy or anything, or at least I don't, I, I don't know. But it's just the, the coverage and the blah 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 about how great he is. It's, we're happy for you. Uh, Zach Greasy, early in the third, tying this thing up. A very aggressive, very passionate play. <laughs> very passionate goal by what I believe is the best line available for the Minnesota Wild. And many others would agree. Even though that slowed down a little bit. Zach Parisi, Pominville, and Granlund together again. Together again, baby. Very cool. And what seemed like only seconds later, Kyle Braziak finishing a nice pass from Danny Heatley to, t- to take give the Wild the lead. I, I just couldn't believe it. And it's kind of like very similar. I mean, how eerie, how eerily similar is this to game one? Kyle Braziak putting the Wild ahead. And it's like, oh, we got this. Oh, my God, we're going to win. There was plenty of time left in the game, but it's just the Wild have been doing so well, you figure they got this thing. And after, like, grind it out back and forth for several minutes, we got this, baby. We got this. <laughs> Especially when, oh, what's his name? The captain of the Colorado Avalanche, Landeskog, penalized for, well, penalized for spraying snow all over uh, Mr., uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Kemper, not the worst penalty of all time, but hey, whatever. But <laughs> looked a lot worse when he shoved the ref, though. Made you kind of wonder, okay, shouldn't that be a little bit of something? I even saw the ref saying, don't push me, don't push me. I don't know what that was all about, if he was trying to explain something to the ref, saying he got shoved, but not real smart shoving the ref. I'm He is beyond lucky that he didn't get in trouble for that. Uh, but hey, nonetheless, the Wild on the power play with three minutes left, you could just see the look on Patrick Watt's face like, oh boy, this is it, you know. <laughs> Minnesota Wild on a power play with three minutes left, up by one. It's over. We got this, baby. We got this, sucker. We got this by the ass, man. <laughs> yeah, especially when Charlie Coyle regained possession of the puck. Looked like he was ready to take off and just bury this thing, make it 4-2, and that's it. Gee, how similar is this to Game 1 when uh, the defenseman of the Colorado Avalanche very legally, very legally, by the way, I'm not being sarcastic when I say this, knocked the puck away at the last second. Looked like we had it, but then at the last second, I I can't remember who the defenseman was, but it doesn't matter now. That's like a week ago. Slapped the puck away at the last second. How very eerily similar. Yet this illegally. (laughs) Charlie Coyle held. Clearly held. No call made. And just like clockwork, mere seconds later, during that same possession by Colorado, they feed uh, feed the puck forward. And of course, <laughs> Parentio buries it. And we're just all just shocked, stunned. Like, okay, Charlie Coyle was going to score the goal there, and that was going to be it. And he gets held, and no calls made, nothing. No penalty shot, nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Total BS by Colorado, getting away with an absolute, getting away with murder there, basically. Totally bleeped up. Most effed up thing I've ever seen. And there were several horrible calls throughout the game, by the way, that I don't even need to get back to talk about. Just multiple horrible penalties called on the Wild and no calls on the Avalanche. No calls. <laughs> but when Parentio scored that goal, you just kind of knew. You just knew. It's the same old, same old crap all over again. Same old crap. All over again, just like game one. How fitting, though. Kyle Brozak. Wow, Kyle Brozak actually scored a goal. Wow, and we're ahead. Oh, my God, we're going to win this thing. I mean, it's like it's all 
it's like it's all written in advance. It's just so creepy <laughs> how things turn out. Open that situation. We got this. No. Everything changes in a millisecond. Tie game. All the energy changing back over to Colorado and they're annoying off the off the chart fan base, which are the same fan base as Denver Nugget fans, or at least some of them are. They're absolutely nuts. They're annoying as all hell. Unless you're actually a fan of these Colorado teams, which I'm absolutely not. I can't stand the Avalanche or the Nuggets, <laughs> just so you know. <sighs> so all it took was three minutes, though. I mean, you could just feel it. And, of course, it was, oh, yeah, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> With his 10th point of the series, scoring on a pretty soft one. I mean, just pretty damn soft, in my humble opinion. And, of course, Landeskog assisting on that one. Old buddy, old shove the ref Landeskog. Yeah, good stuff. Landeskog, yeah. Buries it. Colorado wins. They're up three games to two. And, again, this cast of Dark Shadow in the series, in my humble opinion, is we're going to very quickly shift into the, the previews. Because i got nothing more I need to say. I've said it. I don't need to rehash everything all over again. Other than I'm just absolutely frustrated, and this bleeped up the this bleeped up this series as far as I'm concerned. But then again, maybe not. Hopefully, the Wild proved me wrong. I do think the Minnesota Wild take care of business Monday night. That's right, Monday night game six at home. I think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be close. I don't think it's gonna be close. But then again, maybe it will be actually, because Varlamov seems to always. Ah, stop everything. Yet the Wild did score three goals on him yesterday in regulation, so that's a good sign that the Wild are starting to solve Mr. Varlamov, finally. Though they did solve him in game one, too, so eh, well, okay, let's hope they solve him tomorrow, Monday the 28th of April. I don't think it's going to be a dramatic overtime type of game like it was way back, way back when, 11 years ago in 2003. I think the Wild take take this Take the avalanche apart in this one. Not a blowout or anything, but I think it's going to be like something a la 4-2. The Wild get it done. It's going to be like an absolute, we are going to kick these SOB's ass type of game. They have had enough of this crap. They've had enough. They're going to beat these avalanche who have been beyond cheap this entire series and have gotten away with a lot of crap along the way. And I am not, I am not impressed with the Colorado avalanche. They've gotten away with a lot of garbage in this one and just like they did back in 03. Forsberg with all his flopping and or diving, actually we like to call it, but it's basically flopping too. It's really frustrating to watch, but I do think the Wild send a message to the Colorado Avalanche in Game 6, and there will be a 7th game in this series. Wednesday, April 30th will be necessary. It will be a reality. I just smell the same old bad luck BS and I think the Avalanche win this in seven by a goal. It's going to be one of those type of situations. Will a miracle? Will another miracle happen? I think it's possible that the Wilds just show enough grit and enough <laughs> confidence in the last minute or so of a game and finish it off. I think it's possible, but not probable. I think Colorado ultimately wins this thing in seven by the most bitter of margins. This will go down as one of the most frustrating we had this series in so many ways type of situations I've, I've ever seen because the Wild, outside of Game 2, have dominated this series. They should have won this series in five or six games. And I'm dead serious saying that. 
Call me a homer, but then again, a lot of people on Wild Fan Line last night would agree. Regardless if we're homers, we're veteran hockey fans, or if we're just novices. Novices, excuse me, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yeah, <laughs> came out kind of funny. But uh, Wild should have won this thing in five or six games. Should be close. Should be looking for closing the sucker out tomorrow. Absolutely believe that with all my heart and soul that the Wild should be closing the series out Monday, April twenty eighth. Unfortunately, though, I could just think that the I just think that the puck luck and BS and all that crap. The refs, of course, will be on Colorado's side in Game Seven, and that's how I stand right now. But we'll leave the door open. <laughs> we will absolutely leave the door open for something very different to happen. Hopefully in a positive light in a seventh game, which, in my opinion, absolutely will happen. Suffice to say, if the Wild lose tomorrow in Game 6, I will be very pissed off, very very stunned, and uh, very upset. So, <laughs> it would be another classic Minnesota letdown. We shall see. With that, I'm going to take a quick break, and then you will hear from, <laughs> yeah, you will hear from our wonderful sponsor of Tallgrass Brewery, and of course, Amazon with the sportstiff.com. And then we will, uh, you know, we're going to do a little roundup of the Stanley Cup playoffs like we did last week. Be back after this. I want to mention to you out there that Brave the Wild is now sponsored by Tallgrass Brewing. I deeply want to thank Tim and Barb for making this possible over at Tallgrass. Really appreciate you guys. I mean, 8-bit pale ale. It is a can that is <laughs> unmistakable. If you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you have found 8-Bit Pale Ale, and it is fantastic. I absolutely love it. It's the reason why I pursued Tallgrass to be a sponsor on this show and on my other shows, Purple Mafia, Timbal's Explosion, Showtime, and T-Wolves. It is a fantastic beer, but also they have <laughs> an IPA called Ethos, E-T-H-O-S. You will find that in the same stores as well. Liquor stores around here. I mean, very easy to find. Tallgrass brewing around this area. Mostly in the central time zone, except for uh, Louisiana. So, really, really, really recommend Tallgrass brewing. Do check it out. There's Buffalo Sweat if you like stouts. And in the winter time, I think there's still a couple stores that still have it. The Vanilla Bean Buffalo Sweat. So basically it's Buffalo Sweat with a vanilla flavor in it. Now they're bringing out their new summer brews as well. But there's also a lot of permanent ones. And highly recommend, again, 8-Bit Pale Ale and Ethos. Really, those are my two personal favorites from the company, but <laughs> there's so many to try. Oasis as well. Gotta love that as well. Another IPA that they have brought out a couple years ago. Do recommend it. Do check it out. And do enjoy. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going down like seven dreams. We are going down in an endless sea. 
Thank you for that call, Brent. Almost forgot to put it in the show, so I, I do apologize for that. It was made about five days ago, uh, so that's why he was talking about games uh, three and four. So not, nothing wrong with that, being I do the show once a week. So it's like sometimes it's, you know, sometimes the call's maybe a few days old, but it, it's okay. I mean, unfortunately, the playoffs do move quickly. Ultimately, yeah, Thomas Vanek. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting topic going into the off season. I'm not really impressed with Matt Molson, so I would take Thomas Vanek over Matt Molson. Not sure if maybe the similar thing could be happening to Molson so far here in the Western Conference. Interesting thought there. And the guy you're talking about, I do believe, is Dustin <laughs> I can't even say his name anymore. Bifuglin. I can't even say it anymore. And I do apologize, but I do believe that's who it is. Uh, you know, it seems like it's, yeah, he left, uh, he actually left, uh, Chicago a little while ago now, but um, Beflugen, Beflugen, yeah, excuse me, there we go, I think I'm getting closer to it now, it's been a, it's been a while since I've heard that pronounced correctly, and I do apologize, but uh, yeah, he was on the Blackhawks, he's a very physical son of a gun, he got 56 points in 78 games this year, uh, I wouldn't mind having a guy like that, we could use some physical uh, forechecking type of guy, we do have some, obviously a Nino Niederreiter, and uh, Charlie Coyle on a on a higher end there between those two. We'll see. Hopefully Coyle can be better than Dustin over there. And I do remember him very well, obviously. He won a cup with Chicago in 2010. So now he's a Winnipeg Jet. Good for him. <laughs> I do think Thomas Vanek will end up, uh, would end up being a, uh, better for Minnesota. It's going to be a money thing, I think, between Vanek versus Molson. Do you bring back Molson at a decent price? Or uh, 
hopefully we can get Vanek back here at a price that's at least, you know, doable salary cap wise. I do think the salary cap is favoring the Minnesota Wild to get him, though. That's the good news to get Mr. Vanek. Um, so uh, ultimately, it's really between Vanek versus Molson. Um, we do have some physical players. That's a good sign. I, I, I think personally, we need more physical defensemen, to be honest with you, when we're going into the offseason via uh, Willie Mitchell and such. Via, like, you know, the, the likes of a Willie Mitchell and an even older hockey fans like a Richard Matvichuk, which doesn't seem like that old, but yeah, it's old now. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, that's an old, old memory to Richard Matvichuk in the, the early 90s and into the into the 90s. can't believe the 90s are so long ago. At first, like, you were talking about Devin Senaguchi. It's like, how dare you bring that name up on this show? <laughs> oh, Devin Senaguchi. What a, what a piece of, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, Nino Niederreiter outplayed him, so we're not missing old Devin at all. Good frickin' riddance. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, really, thank you for that call. We don't get a lot of calls in the show, and I do encourage you guys out there to please do call in. Indeed, you will hear how to get <laughs> how to call into the show and the contact details right after this, and I will also get to <laughs> I will also get to the Mike Madonna Award and the James Shepard Memorial in segment number three. Again, do apologize for missing the call, and I also do apologize for not talking about Mike Madonna, the Mike Madonna Award and James Shepard Memorial. I'll be back right after this. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. And of course, yes, we will no longer have a uh, North Stars memory for this season, at least for the time being. We'll bring it back possibly in the offseason. We'll, we'll see, but probably not. Probably get it back into the regular season, but uh, going into next next year. I'll probably have some from time to time. I might even have an all-North Stars show in the offseason. I mean, heck, why not? It's fun to do that. Fun to kind of reminisce with the old days. Uh, Got to talk about the Mike Madonna Award. I keep... <laughs> Leaving it out of the first segment, the Mike Madonna Award is definitely going to Mikhail Granlund for this week. He was absolutely the player of the week for the Minnesota Wild in these three games, home and away. Unbelievable play by him. Defensively, passing, shots on goal, aggressive, passion. Oh, what a positive future this young man has. James Shepard, a worst player type of situation. It's like I could almost give it to Pominville for that horrible turnover. That took place. That ultimately led to Colorado's uh, goal late in the game. Yeah, very frustrating there. Uh, and Pominville hasn't really been scoring all that much. He's really, or he's been pretty quiet in this series as well. Very frustrating. But ultimately, it's almost like you want to give it to the refs for how horrible they were in Game Five. I'm going to kind of give a default one to Jason Pominville. Need more energy out of him. That turnover really. Killed us. May have cost us the season. May ultimately cost us the season because you don't want to have to deal with going to Colorado for Game Seven. I would much rather close things out in the in the, in the, in the comfortable confines of the Extra Energy Center in Game Six tomorrow. But ultimately, uh, home ice advantage is going to keep things very interesting in this one. It will force the seventh game. Will it ultimately be? Will it ultimately not have to or not hurt the Wild in Game Seven? Again, we shall see. But there it is. Pominville gets a de facto James Shepard Award. Never thought I'd give him one, but he got one for this week. Do, do apologize for not putting it in the first segment. I just get too excited and too ready to move on to segment two, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, 
Stanley Cup playoffs in general, it is always exciting to keep up with everything. Lots of crazy back and forth going on around the around things. So we'll start out east, where you know the Eastern Conference, of course, where obviously things aren't as close to us per se. The teams we don't see them as much, but we do see them twice a year, home and away, which I think is great that the NHL has done that now. Very good setup in the regular season. Let's get on to this. I've been getting off track. Boston Bruins lost game one against the Detroit Red Wings. Didn't matter. They pretty much took over that series and have now won four games to one. They just rolled after that. So my ultimate pick for the Stanley Cup championship. Looking good. Looking very good. Taking out a team that has made the postseason about 25 consecutive bleeping years. Can't believe that one. I thought Tampa Bay Lightning were going to take out the Montreal Canadiens. But unfortunately, the Montreal Canadiens took out Tampa Bay. It was pretty much no contest along the way. A couple of close games here and there, but Montreal, or close moments here and there, but Montreal sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning right out of the playoffs. Now they will face the Boston Bruins in round two. Kind of a shame. You almost wish that was going to be the Eastern Conference Finals. Those are clearly, clearly the cream of the crop right now in the Eastern Conference I don't think it's the Pittsburgh Penguins in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> They're uh, right now in a very tight series of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Lots of back and forth in that one. I mean, we're talking close games along the way. There's another series that was quite similar here in the Western Conference, though that one has now died with a very disappointing uh, game six today. We'll get to that shortly. But uh, Columbus and Pittsburgh, back and forth, back and forth. One close game after another. Overtime this, overtime that. Uh, no blowouts necessarily. Today, against the, uh, in game five, though, the Pittsburgh Penguins, that was, uh, Saturday, actually, against the, uh, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins went three to one at home. They take game five fairly commandingly. Well, three to one is commanding for that series. They now lead three games to two over the Columbus Blue Jackets, who looked good for a while. Not sure they're going to win that series now. We'll see. It's, uh, going to be very tight. They've proven they can win in Pittsburgh. The Minnesota Wild have not proven they can win in Colorado yet. At least not in regulation. The Wild did win a shootout contest in Colorado against our favorite goalie Varlamov earlier in the season. We'll talk about that when it when it comes when 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 games six and seven are reviewed next week. Mm-mm. Hopefully, we're talking about round two, guys, which would be well. We'll get to that later. <laughs> New York Rangers and Philadelphia Flyers haven't really kept up with this one. I don't really mean any disrespect here, but I don't really see this series as Real, really relevant. So watch the Philadelphia Flyers go to the Stanley Cup Finals or the Rangers. Just watch. It's going to happen after I said that because it's just that's usually how it always goes. But as of right now, I haven't really seen this series as being super relevant for the, uh, you know, for the long long term in this postseason. New York Rangers t- uh, taking a four, three games to two lead after a four to two win in Game Five in in uh, in New York. Obviously, they're the home team, Madison Square Garden. Looking strong. I'm actually kind of happy to see the Rangers doing well, believe it or not. Years ago, I would I was always saying, screw that stupid team. They always sign all the expensive guys, but it's not been as bad the past few years. I mean, I and I, and I did like them when they had Gabrick, even though Gabrick, what he did to us was not cool. It just pissed me off, but for some strange reason, I'm kind of enjoying uh, watching him in the postseason the last several years. <laughs> A team that we thought... A team that we thought he was, uh, Marion Gabrick, was going to play in the Stanley Cup Finals two years ago with the, uh, when he was a New York Ranger. The LA Kings, well, staying alive against the San Jose Sharks, but Jonathan Quick really seeing 
It's really getting shelled a couple times in this one. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, we've had seven goal games in this one. Seven, two, six, two type games between the Sharks and the Kings. But the Kings still hanging in there. Still hanging in there because Jonathan Quick with a shutout in game five at San Jose. Interesting. Very interesting to see the Los Angeles Kings shut out the shut out the Sharks in game five. When you would have thought the Sharks, oh, they're just going to wrap this up. They're going to kick the Kings' ass. It's all over. Hmm, very interesting when you see a team win a game on the road in that situation and to get a shutout by Jonathan Quick. That's a very, very good sign by the uh, for the Kings. That series could go seven, in my humble opinion, because I, I think they win game six a la Minnesota-Colorado. And let's get to the uh, Anaheim and Dallas series. That series has wrapped up a lot of close games in this one. I mean, we're talking lots and lots of close games. The Dallas Stars, though, bit by... Bit by the bad, by bad puck luck along the way. Anaheim hanging strong, and they win the series four games to two. No real surprise to me, but the Stars really, really gave the Ducks a run for their money, losing in overtime yet again, unfortunately, for Dallas in Game 6. At Dallas, at home, the Stars unable to force a Game 7. Very frustrating for them indeed. The Ducks move on, and they will play the winner of the Kings and the Sharks. So we shall see. It's pretty much an all-California It's an all California division now in that part of the Western Conference. And if you want my honest opinion, if the Minnesota Wild do somehow get past Colorado in this series and even advance in the next round, which I think they could do. If they beat Colorado, they could win round two, believe it or not, despite the fact that the team we would play kick our ass last year. I think uh, we could do it. But uh, it's the California teams that I fear deeply. And uh, ultimately, Anaheim, uh, you know, Anaheim did in the wild during their last run to the Western Conference Finals. Would hate to see that happen again, but uh, odds would probably favor that happening. Let's get to the other series. Yep, the final series and kind of the feature presentation <laughs> outside of the wild in Colorado. St. Louis and Chicago. I mean, wow. Overtime, overtime, overtime. Every game, basically, in this series is overtime. St. Louis taking the first two games, crushing Colorado, or crushing, you know, just crushing defeats for Chicago. I can't even talk for Chicago in the first two games. Just losing, nail-biting, demoralizing games for the Blackhawks. I remember them hanging their heads, trailing two games to zero. Yeah, they did what I think the Wilds should have done in this in the in our series. Won the next four games. Yeah, six-game series. Wild win in four, or Wild win in six. Win four in a row. The Blackhawks wrap it up in a very close victories along the way until Game Six today, which was a shellacking five to one. It was a close game though going into the third period. Just one one. It was like yeah, another close one, and who knows? Maybe St. Louis can get things back home again. But I'm not really impressed with the Ryan Miller move. I think Elliott was a very good goalie, very underrated. I think St. Louis totally screwed up in that trade. Very 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 dumb trade. I think by the St. Louis Blues. I'm not sure how many people agree with me on that, but Ryan Miller has not been that good for a while. He really hasn't. And um, Elliot, I've always thought, was a very tough goalie to beat, and I think he could have taken the Blues to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. And, uh, you know, ever since they made that Miller move, I started scratching my head, like, that could be that could be the move that ruins them. Maybe it did. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't been that good for a while now. And the St. Louis Blues are done. I had them winning the Western Conference this year. Only to lose to Boston, but, uh, well, the Blackhawks are advancing. They picked things up in a very strong finish. 
when you saw when Chicago was at home for Game Six, though, you knew that it was hurting St. Louis's chances in the series, and you know that would have hurt Colorado's chances if the Wild were up three games to two. But again, I'm very bitter about the Game Five loss. If you can't tell, I'm sure a lot of you are as well. Chicago Blackhawks, we'll see. They will face the the Wild or the Colorado Avalanche in the next round. I'm really hoping it's the Wild because I think they could beat Colorado. I think they could beat Chicago. They played them very well all season. Very, very good chance. Of course, the playoffs are a whole another year, a whole another season. So anything could happen there. For me, boy, I'm. <laughs> I don't know who to pick to win the Western Conference right now. I guess uh, Anaheim. I don't want them to. I would hate to see that happen. I don't certainly don't want to see the Blackhawks back in. I hate the Sharks. I, I hate them. Like like I hate the Avalanche. I just hate them. Not a fan. They always kick our ass. That's for sure. <laughs> they always kick the Wilds ass. And um, boy, I, I I don't know. I've just never been a fan of the Sharks for whatever reason. They're, they're just kind of yeah. They're a team that doesn't that that. They're a team that you think here here they come. They're so good. They're gonna win it all. Ah, they don't even get out of the first round. I kind of hope they don't this year either. I actually wouldn't mind seeing the Kings back in the Stanley Cup Finals out of the remaining teams should the Wild not be the one to win the West. I think the Wild actually could beat the Kings in a play in a series. So, again, hoping the Kings come out of that uh, quote-unquote division. That would be great. <laughs> we'll wrap things up with that. We'll, uh, we'll wrap things up with that wonderful thought of the Wild defeating the Kings in the Western Conference Finals. Ah, visions of sugar plums dance in our heads. Oh, Merry Christmas, Wild fans. Mm-mm-mm. And I'm seeing an ad right now that looks like Christmas lights, and of course the Wilds' colors are Christmas colors, as you probably guessed, so maybe that's a sign. We'll leave with that note. Take care, everybody. Go wild. Get it done.